This week we're joined by the Essential and Bandit co-owner and pastry chef, Kristen Hall, for part two of our conversation with her. We hear in depth about the journey from space to space and business to business and all the obstacles along the way, like the tale of two staircases. Go eat at both of those restaurants and make your tum-tum happy. Thanks. But I walk out into the dining room and I see this happening and I'm like, what have we done? Right? And I go back into the kitchen with, I, I must have looked like a ghost. You know, it was just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And I'm like, this was a mistake. This is a mistake. Obviously, baking bandits to Feast and Forest, mm. essential to bandit. Crazy. In five years. Yes, five years. That's. And the nest. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, and also the nest. The nest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, yes, baking bandits, nest, mm-hmm. feast and forest, essential, and bandit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that you clearly said that none of this was in your plan, but I kind of understand. Like, I. Okay, because it's the beginning of the year, a lot of people mm-hmm. would ask me, like, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Like, what are what are you hoping for? I have people ask me, you know, what are your what's your three five year plan, ten year plan? Like, well, I don't I don't do that. I don't do that. First no. of all, <laughs> all right. Actually, please don't do that. Yes, no, because like, that just sets up expectations that are never going to happen. Exactly, exactly. And I have a fear of failure, so if and I, it limits your pivotability. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. I plan achievable small goals, so I might do something. A couple months in advance. Like I have right. a little thing that I want to accomplish that I know I can accomplish. And then that's going to be my new foundation. And then from there, I'm going to see what paths I have in front of me. And I'm going to plan for those. So, you yeah, know. A couple of months at a time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might have, you know, something like if I'm going to have a big goal, it might be a year in goal or something like that. But I always want to continue growing forward. And I want, like, the only thing that I said for 2020 is I want it to be better than 2019. And 2019 was a hell of a year. So right. I want 2020 to be even better. Right. Um, but with your journey, how did that kind of come about? Because I feel like we kind of have similar mindsets on those types mm. of things. How did you plan to open Feast and then close and then Essential? Oh, and- right. You know, how did that kind of evolution go? Sure. Well, uh, you know, again, uh, disappointments and failures. Um, That's really, I mean, it it is, it's kind of a, it's a funny, not funny situation Mm -hmm. in that like most people who have a creative sort of journey, um, it's usually failure or some form of disappointment or an unexpected thing that forces you to pivot or quit. Like, it's pivot or quit. Mm-hmm. It's actually not this plan turned out the way that you thought it would. Yeah. Congratulations, that's success. Yeah. No, like success is pivoting yeah. um, in all in all forms. And so, um, you know, again, so I have this nest space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first commercial lease that I ever signed. Um, I've had four commercial leases since then in five years, since, which is also pretty <laughs> wacky. Um, and so I've gotten really good at negotiating leases. Um Funny enough, of the four signed leases, we've I've probably seen twenty. Okay, yeah. so again, pivot um, doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Like that is that is my journey, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Oh, okay. Well, this is the universe telling you you should mm-hmm. be here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so, which is hard for an overachiever, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, a three wing two doesn't do very well with these kinds of things. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. I actually thought that I was a two and then uh, obviously a three is the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, but I'm driven by people. Yeah. Um, but in these situations where you have a plan and it doesn't work out, then I realize I really am a three. Yeah. Um, but so the nest, I have this commercial lease. I've built out the space. I love it so much. The, the space is just so beautiful and the light is all, all the, all of the things. Right. Yeah. And before I sign a lease, I talk to the landlord and I'm like, Hey, I've got this bakery thing that is, percolating and um at some point I might want to build a kitchen so I just want to talk about that before you know before I sign this lease and oh yeah great no no problem so like okay great so my plan right I've got the nest it's an event space we're going to build a kitchen in the back eventually we're going to turn event space into a cafe Mm -hmm. it's Avondale I just live down the street in Crestwood like it's going to be perfect um and I win the pitch and I'm like, okay, here we go. So I get an architect, mm-hmm. make plans for a kitchen. Victor and I meet. I'm like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is step one is open a bakery, right? So we're going to open this bakery in this space and it's going to be great. Um, Victor quits his job, comes to work for me at Baking Bandits. We are baking for other coffee shops. We're doing the farmer's market, getting that hustle. It's like, okay, cool. This is how it's going to go. So I call my landlord and I'm like, hey, I've got architectural renderings. I'm going to show them to you. And he's like, actually, no. Mm. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, um, what do you mean no? Uh, Remember we had this conversation. He was like, yeah, no. Uh, I'm going to put the building up for sale. And so I don't want any more work done to the building mm. while it's for sale. Okay, well, shit, right? Because <laughs> yeah. um, now I have quit my job. Yeah. Uh, I have a business partner that actually works for me, so I also have to help him, you know, live. pay for his rent, <laughs> yeah. live, right? Okay, so now you have to live and I have to live, um, and I'm on the hook for this big pitch, right? And All I'm right. starting to get phone calls about like, hey, where's your progress? Hey, what's going yeah. on? Like, Hey, success story. Yeah. Where are you? And I'm like, I don't know where I, I don't know where success is. Um, and so that ended up putting us on 24th street. Yeah. So again, failure, right. Or not necessarily failure, but just no. Right. Yeah. So no, you can't do this. Oh, well, hmm. So you have to just learn to be like, okay, well, then it wasn't meant to be. And for me, I have really struggled with trying to find the answer to why. Mm. Okay. I, it is a thing that I so desperately wanted, um, kind of want now, but I pretty much have given up on the why. Right. I don't know why. Right. Maybe there isn't an answer. Mm. Same kind of thing, honestly, with marriage, with, with my marriage experience, which is like, okay, well, why? Like, what was yeah. the purpose of this? Right? Yeah. What? Why did this have to happen in my life? Why? You know, I, yeah. I have no idea. Honestly, yeah. like maybe one day I'll find out. Maybe yeah. I won't. I don't know. Um, so I think I learned the hard way, but over the last few years, to just stop asking why. 
yeah. right? It's like stop reading reviews, okay? Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Like it's just not good for you, yeah. right? Yeah. It isn't good for you to try to figure out why because it doesn't there help not now. Be an answer. Right. Right? There, yeah. Maybe there's not an answer. And um, even if you come to a conclusion, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the full answer. So exactly. it's a constant, the question why is a never ending question. Right. And it's, it, yeah. Why ask a question that can't be answered? Why is the like, sky blue? Why? I don't know. Yeah. Does it matter? You, no. No, no, it doesn't. Does it affect what's happening right now every day? No. No, it doesn't. And so, um, so we started looking for another space um, and, um, found 24th street which is where feast and forest was born mm-hmm. um and you know the the goal for that space actually was a bakery cafe mm-hmm. um again turns out the universe has other plans mm-hmm. um and i actually feast and forest was you know obviously the the platform the diving board by which you know we've victor and i found sort of what our life is now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but um, <laughs> it's restaurant ownership. Um, but, you know, that was supposed to be a bakery because obviously the first, the bakery is what started yeah. The, yeah. the whole thing really. And obviously Victor is a very talented chef and he'd had his own sort of journey mm-hmm. in food. Um, and so he really wanted a cafe and I wanted a bakery and it was like, oh, this is going to be great. Um well, it wasn't, it wasn't, right? So I, I often joke around that Feast and Forest was the cafe that ate the bakery. Mm. Um, and um, I was actually sort of when thinking about sort of like what would be, you know, what is my professional mistake? Yeah. Um, too many to count, you know? <laughs> um, and too, too many um, every day. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about, it, it's not really a mistake per mm-hmm. se, but it's something that sometimes mistakes obviously are the thing that just sets a plan in motion, yeah, right? Sure. And um, so we open up this little bakery cafe, you know, this huge vintage piece of furniture that it was going to be so romantic and it was, we were going to make pastries and it was going to, the case was going to be filled and people were going to buy pastries and it was going to be great. Um, and there was a teeny tiny part of that that happened. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that it's really hard to pay bills off of pastries. Um, and you know, Birmingham actually isn't that big of a town. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, never opened a shop before, had never really, obviously had never o- owned a restaurant before. And to make money off of food is really hard, right? And so you build a, you build a kitchen menu, basically. You build a cafe menu. And the good news was that that cafe menu was su- super successful, right? Mm-hmm. Pasta Friday was born. Yeah. Um, all of these other things, you know, to really bring more people into the shop, um, because, you know, people don't necessarily eat croissants every day, um, even if they would like to, or maybe they do. Um, but again, like we do something that's pretty niche. And so when you live in a tiny town and you do niche things, um, sometimes those numbers don't add up. Right. And so, um, you know, Victor and I decided, um, that we were going to start serving brunch. Um, and you know, Feast and Forest was not meant to be a restaurant. Okay. Um, I will preface all of this by saying um, it was not meant for volume, right? Yeah. We did not choose it for volume because right. we had no idea that volume was just around the corner. Um, again, we built a pastry kitchen and then a small cafe kitchen thinking 
this is going to be great. It had that cute, adorable, like mezzanine, you know, yeah. spiral yeah. staircase. Um, the loft was just, it was just so great. Well, it wasn't great because you had to walk food yeah. up Absolutely. spiral stairs, yeah. right? Um, but it was like, eh, it's fine. No big deal. Um, so Victor and I decide to start serving brunch and we had been open three months and yeah, we were like right around that 90 day mark and we decided to start serving brunch Instagram. Okay. Brunch. Everybody loves brunch. Right. And I walk out into the dining room of our like tiny, tiny 26 seat cafe, which all but eight seats were upstairs. Um, (laughs) And I go to deliver food. There's a line down the sidewalk, right? Um, which in every person's mind is like, oh my gosh, they're successful. Uh, and we're like, oh my gosh, no. Yeah, yeah right? Terrifying. This is terrifying and it's terrible. And like the the breakers keep blowing and wow. we're running up and down the stairs and like we're trying to run too much power. Like this place was just not meant yeah. to serve hundreds of people. Yeah. Um, and I go out into the dining room to deliver food, and there's a family physically altercating over a table. Oh, gosh. Right? Because, like, people don't want to wait in line. Counter service is, yeah. is challenging for people. Um, I, you know. Um, <laughs> so the idea of, like, oh, well, I'll just send my kid to go grab a table, right? And I'm going to sit here for the next 40 minutes while I wait in line or 20 minutes or whatever it happens to be. And so then people, of course, are starting to get mad because they're like, no, that's rude because it is. Uh, (laughs) Because it actually, in fact, is. Um, But I walk into the dining room and I see this happening and I'm like, what have we done, right? And I go back into the kitchen with... I, I must have looked like a ghost. You know, it was just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And I'm like, this was a mistake, <laughs> right? Um, what what have we done, you know? And we weren't prepared. The space was not prepared. Like yeah. it just, and it just, it set in motion, honestly, what became the essential. Yeah. Um, but of course, like, again, the, the goal was a bakery, but now we're serving hundreds and hundreds of people brunch. And so... Obviously, you put all of your eggs literally into the basket that's the successful basket, the successful yeah. basket yeah. but that's not the original intent. And yeah. so I was devastated, you know, um, from a from a baker pastry perspective. Right. Yeah. From from Bandit. Right. Yeah. This was actually pretty terrible. Yeah. Right. Um, because, you know, there's limited time to make things and people still bought pastries. But I was spending Victor and I were spending all of this time trying to manage these services that were just, the space was not made for it. Um, And so Feast and Forest was there and then it, it just wasn't, you know, it was like, so at at 90 days we started looking for a new space and it was like, you you have to be kidding me. Like I've already had to pivot like 1700 times. Right. I mean, I'm getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. I've just opened a cafe that's supposed to be a bakery, but that now isn't any of these things you know, we've, we're supposed to be in Avondale, but that was a no. And so now we just opened this thing like three months in yeah. and, too much. and now we have to pivot again. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to pivot. Right. I don't, and it, but it was like, but this was the thing that was really happening. Yeah. Um, and we were, you know, we were getting a lot of attention and lots of media and like the wall street journal was there and like garden and gun. And I was just yeah. like, 
this is awesome. This is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and so we started looking for another space. Um, we negotiated four leases wow. um, before we got to the space that actually is not where the essential is right now. <laughs> so guess what? <laughs> More surprises. Um, so it was like I was determined that I wanted a brick and mortar bakery, right? So Victor and I have all these long conversations about how we should operate and how this should be. And we're like, you know what? We should just have two neighboring spaces. Mm. Yeah. This is great. This is a great idea. Like this will be the bakery. This will be the restaurant because Feast and Forest was just evolving so fast. It was evolving so quickly. And, you know, Victor really wanted to have a full service kitchen. And obviously like no one wants to have to, make what they make in a space that doesn't work for them. Right. right? And course. so, you know, we really wanted a space that was a full kitchen. We started kind of dreaming and thinking about what that could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we really want our shops to be unlike any other in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we obviously have lots of different goals in terms of what we want to do, but, you know, we really want to change the city. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, Cities are better with lots of cafes and interesting yeah. places to go. And, you know, sometimes niche places um, that serve this thing. But these are the things that, like, people want in a town, right? Yeah, or yeah. when you go visit, right? And so we don't really have these sort of, like, middle kind of spaces in between fast casual and fine dining, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm cafe like neighborhood that's we just don't really have a lot of that and so that's really as Victor and I kept thinking about what the next step was for you know for us in our partnership and all those kinds of things was we should do like a neighborhood cafe and obviously pasta Friday was such a hit and um you know Victor needed a place to be able to really create food. And so, and we needed a place that could accommodate brunch because like yeah. brunch chose us, you know? Yeah. Um, and I love brunch service. Now, obviously we have a much better handle on things, but <laughs> um, I still like have PTSD over spiral stairs. So, you know, it's probably <laughs> like, it's probably never going yeah. away. Um, you and know that if a space has that, you, it's, you know what? It's not way. meant for me. Actually, it isn't meant for me. Mark that um, off the list. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we just kept negotiating leases. They would fall through. We'd go back. But the problem is that like, we're still operating in this other space, yeah. right? That just not working. And so it was like a very high pressure situation. Um, and so we, decide on Mars Avenue, right? Mm -hmm. We want to stay downtown for these projects. And, um, you know, there's lots of development going on. You know, we met with our now landlords, kind of talk about what they wanted to do, what they were looking at doing in these buildings. And, um, you know, we are the essential, uh, the now essential is to the right of the peanut place, right? Mm -hmm. It was the peanut depot at the time. But they had a space that was on the left side and the right side. And it was like, this is perfect. Um, cause we've been looking at like bigger buildings that we were going to try to divide in half, but mm-hmm. it's hard to create different experiences if you're in the same building. Right. So it was like, this is perfect. So where the essential is was going to be bandit. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side of peanut was going to be the essential and it was perfect. It was like, this is going to be so romantic. I'm going to make, we're going to make cakes and pastries over here. And we're just going to walk them down the cobblestone to yeah. the restaurant that's right next door. And how like synergistic that's going to be and how awesome that's yeah. going to be. 
Um, and so we get architects, contractors, you know, the whole thing. We start the build-out process, um, which was obviously a very big deal, right? Like when we took over that space on 24th Street, I actually cashed up my 401k. Wow. And that's how we built the restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had literally lost everything mm-hmm. or had like taken everything out. Like yeah. all safety nets yeah. were yeah. gone. Um, and my parents were devastated. <laughs> they were like, okay, not only did you quit your job, you left your career. This has nothing to do with your college degree. Now you've cashed out a 401k to <laughs> open a bakery. Like you have literally lost your mind. And yeah. I was like, yes, probably. <laughs> um, but again, there wasn't another option. People don't give money yeah. to open restaurants, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have a restaurant, and they still don't give people. Like, <laughs> they, restaurants are just a high-risk game. So we had built, you know, the essential, on, I mean, Feast and Forest on literal pennies, right, yeah. for a restaurant. And so we were, like, doing a bigger build-out because these buildings required that. Um, and we were so excited. It was like, okay. I'm finally going to get my bakery, right? Like, mm-hmm. I really, I love the essential, and I I wanted that. But it's like, that's sort of like my brain, like, banded as my heart, yeah. right? And so I loved both. I mean, right and left brain, both. I needed both. I'm one of those kind of people that really does, I need it all, yeah. really. And um, we, day one construction, right? We've signed leases, actually, in 2016, Okay, so that's how wow. long we've been waiting also. So, like, then you sign a lease that you finally get to, and then the developers are like, well, we've got delays. Well, we've got this. Well, that's this. So we are, like, operating in this tiny thing with a spiral staircase. Um, <laughs> sign a lease. It's, like, delay after delay after delay. And, again, you you either quit or you pivot, yeah. right? Yeah. There, there is not another option. Um, and I know you guys, obviously, you're creative entrepreneurs, and you also work for creative entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like, that is the journey. Yeah. And nobody yes. talks about it um, as much. But, you know, obviously, Jake uh, Carnley, a great bear, and I have lots of conversations. And it's like, okay, well, yes, I was going to quit. Well, yes, I was going to quit. Yep, yeah. yep I was going to quit. Um, <laughs> yep, oh, quit. Oh, quitting. Actually, quitting sounds like a great idea right now, right? Yeah. Running away. <laughs> running away. Can I just run? Like, yeah. actually, I'm great at running, you yeah. know? Can yeah. I be a runner? Yes, okay, great. Let's just let's just get out of here because yeah. this is impossible, right? Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I get tired of pivoting. I'll be honest. Like, yeah. at some point, you're like, okay, is, does the pivoting go away? Right. Can I be comfortable? Yeah. Can I be comfortable? Is there some rest in here? Um, I don't know because I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, what is rest? What is rest? Is that real? I don't know. Is that is real? That I don't myth? think. I think that it, I no. I it's a unicorn. <laughs> it's a unicorn. I I don't think rest is, is any such thing. I think with that. rest is quitting. <laughs> I think rest may be quitting. Um, I, apparently, I'm not ready for that yet but um or maybe i am um <laughs> who knows who, who knows um and so we go finally it's like the day has finally arrived and like all the pieces have like been put together and i'm so excited cuz i'm going to get my thing right yeah no um we walk into what is supposed to be uh the essential and it's a two story building that's got this kind of funky mezzanine and there was this monster staircase in the middle of the building basically and so the entire time not spiral right (laughs) me and staircases man uh so i'm leaving one staircase and i'm gonna go to this building and we're gonna move the staircase to create the dining room Mm. um no we're not 
So we opened the door to the staircase. There's like a little hallway door right under the staircase. And we open the door and the contractor puts this big flashlight in there and it looks like Ursula. Like coming out from the ground, right? Turns out that all of the power to Morris Avenue is coming out of the staircase. (laughs) And cannot be moved. Or it could be moved for $200,000. Oh my God. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. (laughs) Like this entire time, none of you idiots opened the door, right? Like I had an architect, I had contractors, I had developers and literally nobody knew that the power for Morris Avenue was coming up through this staircase. So guess what? That's a no-go. No-go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So do Pivot. we start over again? We've had this lease. This is 2018. Yeah. Like, we've had a lease since 2016. So are we going to start this whole train over again? Or how are we going to pivot? Yeah. So we pivot. And we decide to not open a bakery. Because the essential is, like, it got it just has it's like it has to happen right? Yeah. right we are just down the street we're literally dying right yeah. um we are actually again funny not funny we are making water so something has happened to like the water source and the water pipes over at feast and we don't like the taste right yeah so we have a filtered water line with the ice machine and we have a filtered water line on a coffee machine and we start melting ice with hot water um because we can't put in a filtration device um so (laughs) right right so when people are like i mean do you guys miss feast i'm like no (laughs) like i spent like an hour a day making water right no i don't miss that or that damn staircase right like (laughs) no i don't um so we were really i mean the space was literally fighting back and so every single day it was some other thing and it was just like okay well we have to do something. Yeah. And so we decided to open the essential where Bandit was supposed to go. Um, and, you know, and so has become the essential. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the again, food is in service and hospitality is such an interesting thing because you start with an idea mm-hmm. and then you open the doors and the public comes in and you see what they want and what they like and... Um, so we've, I guess, the Essentials been open for about a year and a half, and hard to believe. Um, and but so we opened there, and then immediately started looking for spaces uh, for the bakery, because also now we have tried to we put a bakery in 120 square feet in the back of the restaurant. Yeah. So we've gone from a whole restaurant being under pressure to now like a pastry department being under pressure. Yeah. But it's such a tiny space at yeah. the essential. Everything was under pressure because yeah. it was never like we never intended. You meant for it to be a bakery. Yeah, we meant for it to be a bakery. Um, it has now become a full service restaurant um, that has no storage, that has no prep area, that has nothing. We're all yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this was supposed to be like two separate things and now it's one thing um and so we started looking for more spaces found a space that i loved so much just down the street from the essential um go to sign a lease 
Um, yeah, so guess they, how this story ends. Guess how this story ends. Um, turns out that the developers um, have changed their mind on their timeline. Uh, and they want to pursue historic tax credits. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but that's a year. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, just, that, that's a year-long process. And they were like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, we can't operate for another year yeah. um, while we wait on possible historic tax credits or not. And who knows what's going to happen. So, like, that deal is also now dead, um, which is how we wound up with Bandit um, yeah. and Homewood. So, it's a beautiful space. It is. Yeah. Like, it, it, has, it is working out well in terms of, like, production and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But, again... You know, and then I had this sort of yet another crisis of like, okay, there aren't any spaces downtown, right? The essential is downtown. I've lived downtown all this time. Like, I love downtown. There's nowhere for this bakery to go. Yeah. Um, and we had heard that, you know, Sweet John's was closing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, you guys, this is such a great idea. And I was like, I can't go to Homewood. It's in Homewood. Yeah. It's in, <laughs> but it's in Homewood. Like, no, I'm no, I don't want to do that. Um, funny enough, I had just moved to Homewood. Um, (laughs) and, um, because of said personal mistake. Um, and I, I had, like I said, I have, I have two daughters, but one, um, is on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, private school for a kiddo that really has some special needs is actually not a thing. So here in Birmingham, you know, private schools mean, usually mainstream or just not available for services for kiddos that need more. And so I was also having this other crisis of like, okay, well I'm a mom that really needs to provide an education for her kiddo, but I also now own a restaurant. I'm trying to open a second restaurant. I'm solo. I can't take you to school and pay. I can't pay for you to go to school. We'll take you to school and then go to like, three other tutors and therapists and all kinds of other things. Um, I just, I actually can't financially or like logistically. There's not enough time in the day. Exactly. And so started looking for schools. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So started looking for schools and, and honestly, Hall Kent, which is in West Homewood, uh, is a super diverse community. Like it is incredibly diverse, which was something that was, like of utmost importance to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of bougie white kids, right? <laughs> I don't want to have those. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously I wanted to be in a diverse neighborhood, but that had a really good school system yeah. that was specifically good for kids on the spectrum. And it turns out that Hawkins and Homewood City Schools are actually a really great um, wow. system That's for awesome. them. So I had just moved to Homewood. And now I'm thinking about opening a shop in Homewood. And I was like, what happened to me? <laughs> right? Like, suburbs. <laughs> right? what do you mean? <laughs> I know I can't do this. But again, like we were under a lot of pressure yeah. um, to, to find a space, yeah. you know. And, you know, once you, once you become the boss of a lot of people, it's interesting how my journey, like our, our journey as restaurateurs, I guess that's kind of a weird word to use, but that's in fact mm-hmm. what, what yeah. we, what we are. Um, we collectively have 50 employees wow. across our two restaurants and it became more about creating a space for our people to work in than anything that I had ever 
really thought about, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm kind of pivoting in another way, and this is kind of a, a pretty long conversation, but, um, you know, now I am the boss and protector of a lot of people, right? Yeah. And um, my goal is to, especially in the industry, you know, women have not fared well. It's... It is my circle. My full circle story is pretty fascinating um, in that these things chose me, but it started a long time ago. Um, And, you know, the Me Too movement has really um, changed our industry for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also highlighted, honestly, how dangerous restaurants are for women. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it is an interest again, it's an interesting place to be in. So. I was assaulted in a restaurant when I was 16 and, um, it obviously just completely altered my identity and, and who I was and what I was like, I just, again, such an unexpected sort of situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went home and talked to my parents about it and, um, you know, sadly I was asked what I had done to make yeah. this happen. Like, it's a pretty a pretty common story, right? Well, sadly. what did you do? Uh, sadly, exactly. Like, what did you do to mm-hmm. make this happen? Um, and um, I will I will put my filter on and not use crass words. Um, but I'm a woman, and that's, yeah. that's basically what I did. Yeah. Um, I was 16, and I was wearing a polo Chick-fil-A shirt. I'm sure I was... <laughs> So incredibly desirable yes. as yes. such, you yes. know, cleaning, cleaning the men's bathroom at like 930 at night um, in Dalton, Georgia. I'm sure I was doing so much yeah. to create the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents did nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, well, what do you want us to do about it? Well, what I want you to do is go like, I thought you were supposed to go and like punch somebody's face in, yeah. you know, <laughs> when be on my side, be on my side. Right. Um, and I went into work the next day and I literally had just turned 16. Um, I told my boss what happened. Of course they called him in and fired him. Um, but the line cooks and we were all like super young anyway, I say line cooks like they were, you know, yeah. in their thirties <laughs> or something. We were like 16 and 18. Yeah. Um, these guys like beat the living daylights out of him in the parking lot. Right. As they should have. Um, I'm not necessarily pro violence, but, um, you know, sometimes sometimes have repercussions. repercussions and, but it was the first time that anyone had stood up for me and the people that were supposed to care for me had not, but this like motley crew of, you know, Chick-fil-A employees, yeah. honestly, um, had had done the thing that my family yeah. should have done for me. Yeah. And so fast forward all of these years, like this happened to me, obviously it was a, a, a terrible thing. It happened to hundreds of thousands of other people, yeah. um, especially in restaurants. Yeah. And I obviously was on the, the search for the, the answer to why, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, Decades later, I realized that I love restaurants because it was the family that chose me. Yeah. Right? And how crazy that was that, like, fast forward decades and because I just could not figure out why I wanted to, why do you own, why do you want a restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants are gross, you guys. Like, it is full of dirty dishes and mop Mm -hmm. water and, like, on the verge of, like, disaster at all times, right? Um, 
but it was the family that had chosen me. Yeah. And so now owning a restaurant, um, two restaurants, um, now I have the responsibility to create an environment that doesn't tolerate those kinds of things and to continue to be vocal, um, about our industry. And, you know, sadly being in the South, these things still happen. They happen all the time, time. Mm -hmm. absolutely all the time. And so, um, that has really, you know, this is not about cookies anymore, right? (laughs) Like we have gone really, (laughs) really far, um, past cookies. I mean, the good news is that I still get to bake cookies, but, um, you know, I think that that's the journey that has like just in the last year, really, especially when we opened the essential and these things start, they didn't start to happen in our, our shop, but like we would have, you know, we have female servers that come to work for us and we would, I don't know, have a guest that would be like, would touch them or like touch their elbow or like just again, just touching a person. Um, and that's not tolerated right in our shop. And, but hearing their stories about what they have been told in the past by their former managers or their former mm-hmm. bosses, right. um, that that's just part of it. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's interesting that this has gone so quickly beyond cookies mm-hmm. to creating a safe workplace in the hospitality yeah. industry for all people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been Kyle, like what an unexpected evolution. Like it's just right. Yeah, it's a pretty wacky... I got chill bumps. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, it's a really... You know, and again, I, I try not to ask the question why because I don't think yeah. that there are answers for those things. Um, but it can be a driving force. Like, if it is in the back of your mind, then it does keep you... It does make you want to search. It does make you want to keep going further and, like, trying to understand. I think it's a really beneficial thing. But if you get hung up on the question... right then it's detrimental and it makes you just kind of stagnant in this space of never understanding. Exactly. And I think what is so fascinating about restaurants and sort of what we, what we get to do is, you know, restaurants are a place where a lot of people are experiencing rebirth. Yeah. Okay. They're people who have had substance abuse issues and addiction issues. Um, they have had, you know, home issues they've had like so it you know it it is a it is such an interesting place because I myself have been reborn Mm -hmm. or born you know the for the first time in the space right so like my team they are experiencing all of these things but I too have experienced them um and so you know, I'm able to take a lot of the disappointments and a lot of the mistakes that I have made yeah. um, and really help them either process their own mistakes um, or avoid them altogether, yeah. right? And so um, we do that over plates of food, you know, yeah. coming out of the pass and yeah. over teaching people how to make croissants. And, um, you know, it's not really about, for me now, you know, it's not really about food. Yeah. Um, it's about creating an environment yeah. that... that is within food, but it's how, how do I get through to this, this person or how can I support this person, um, in whatever they're going through. Right. Um, because that's what restaurants are. They're, they're places that where people have transportation issues, they have financial issues, they have substance issues, they have home life issues. They literally like, yeah, it is a place of issues, yeah. um, which makes it imp- almost impossibly hard to run. Right. right. Yeah. Um, 
But it is really interesting, the evolution that has taken place over such a tiny amount of time. Um, And how obviously that really goes back to my my girls, right? I mean, it goes back to the original intent was, I don't want you to leave my house not knowing how to care for yourself. Um, And now that means a lot. Like, it means just so much more than than chocolate chips. Yeah. Mm. I remember the first time I went to the essential after that first opened up, uh, one of your daughters was even serving. There. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. And you know, it is, it is. And it's hard cause you know, they're a, a working mother, yeah. you know, um, which you might as well just call her like a mother mother. Cause like that's what working is. Yeah. Um, and that's what motherhood is. Um, and so I've, I've also had sort of that struggle of getting also that, that un, on uh, requested feedback of like, well, you know, you should work less or you should like, yeah. there's a, there should be separation, you know, of home and work. Um, but as a restaurant owner, there is no separation, no, no. right? And doing something that you truly love, like the separation and the lines get so blurred right? because it doesn't, I mean, it, it is exhausting exerting so much energy, but if it is something that is coming from a deep place of passion, then I mean, it's that old phrase of like, if you do what you love, then you're never working a day in your life, which right. it, I mean, you are still working and it's still exhausting, but well, you're always working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, always, you're always working, right? Yeah. yeah there isn't, yeah. I mean, there isn't, there isn't a minute of my life that I'm not thinking about my shops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not because I want to, but because I have to, yeah. um, and it's a part of you. It's a, it's, in but it DNA. is me. Yeah. And I think that is an interesting thing that like things have gotten a lot in a lot more challenging and more complicated and all those kinds of things. But like, I don't spend a lot of like emotional energy trying to separate parts of me. What I realized and now that I'm not on that hamster wheel was that like that, that whole thing was trying to separate me. Yeah. Yeah. Which of course I wasn't going to feel fulfilled and I was always going to feel like I was at war with myself because I was Yeah, (laughs) like I was literally like, always at war with the work Kristen or the home Kristen when yeah. she's just one person. Right. Yeah. And now I don't have to operate. I don't, I don't operate separately. Yeah. Um, I wish that I did sometimes um, <laughs> operate uh, a little separately, but, um, but yeah, it's not, I'm not sort of fighting that particular part of me anymore. Yeah. I, I joke around that like I spent a lot of time daydreaming before I did this, now I don't daydream, right? Yeah. Like, A, I don't have the time. Um, <laughs> but B, like, I'm doing the thing, yeah. right? I mean, I don't have to sort of have some distraction mm-hmm. to what I do because yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my girls are, you know, I again, I obviously try to have some balance. But yeah, when we first opened The Essential, Emma was hosting, yeah. right? Um, and she was loving it, right? And yeah. doing what she loves. And Eleanor, my youngest, uh, is the baker. She's the math science girl. Um, and so, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, talking about chemistry. And because that, that's what mom does, yeah. you know? Um, so obviously, I think sometimes they're like, oh, I don't want to have to go back to the shop, you know, yeah. like, and now it's which shop are we going to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, no, you're seeing me be me, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and you don't have to know what, what I sacrificed, right? Yeah. Like, you're too young to understand that, like, 
how I got here, right? Yeah. right. But down the road, obviously, like me being honest with myself mm-hmm. is going to help them be honest with themselves. And then hopefully they don't make the same mistakes, yeah. Yeah. right? Like that was the whole point of honesty, right? That's honestly the whole point of podcasts and storytelling and those yes. kinds of things, yes. which is like, let me tell you how hard this has been for me so that you don't do this again, right? right? I mean, that is a lot of the why, which is... I'm sorry that I was assaulted. Like, it sucks that I was assaulted, right? Um, But to be able to create environments where that doesn't even happen to people is the goal, right? Like, I don't want you to have to go through what I've been through. Um, But because I have, this is what forward looks like, right? right? This is what the why looks like. Um, And it's a complicated one. Um, But, you know... Again, if you can care for yourself, then you might not be in situations where you can get assaulted, yeah, right? right? Obviously, I, I, my situation was what it was, right? And I mean, there was nothing that I could have yeah. done to prevent it. But a lot of women find themselves, it, men, men and women, honestly, like find themselves in situations that might put them at greater risk mm-hmm. because they are dependent on other people, right? Yeah. And so if you can learn to care for yourself and make good decisions and know who you are at an early age, right? You were born early. Yeah. Um, then you don't have to make the same mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, why we're here. <laughs> so. Have you reconciled with the move to Homewood? <laughs> <laughs> Cur- currently reconciling. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you know, I think that, I think that long-term it was, the, it was the right choice. Yeah. Um, and it is a beautiful space and yeah. it has been, it has been a lot easier to open something in the city of Homewood sense. than in the city of Birmingham. And so, um, I think my heart is still downtown, but at the yeah. same time, you know, being embedded in a neighborhood has also been like a really cool yeah. thing that, you know, there's not that many people that live downtown, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of media and a lot of press talking about how downtown is growing and all those kinds of things. It's actually not. Yeah. Um, right? There's not like they're, they're actually building a lot of houses, but right. I don't know who's living in. I don't know. I don't know who's living in here. Yeah. And the people who want to can't afford it. Exactly. Right? We've gentrified um spaces so much now that like nobody mm-hmm. can afford it. Um but but yeah, like there's not really people the volume of people to support these kinds of things. And yeah. so, um, obviously though, it, it's that, um, it's kind of a chicken and an egg situation of like, you know, you know, Victor and I are, are, are hoping to be pioneers, right? I mean, right. the yeah. goal was to sort of pioneer seven day a week restaurants, mm-hmm. right. To pioneer an all day cafe that really doesn't exist. Um, or definitely didn't when yeah. we opened the essential yeah. There was not one, right? There was not another restaurant that was open seven days a week that was a from scratch, like real restaurant, right? right? Um, So, you know, it's those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, that means that there is a gap between where where you want it to be. But to get it there, you had to take the leap, right? Um, You know, we want downtown to be busy. We want downtown to have a bunch of people that live in homes around it. But no one wants to do that if there's nothing to do, right? right? And so there are a group of people. Obviously, we are not, you know, the first to do these kinds of things. But um, 
but we're hoping obviously to pave the way for more people yeah. to, to come downtown right yeah. and to, I mean, yeah. everyone has to take that risk like right. even if you're not the only one like there has to be more people that are doing the same thing that you're doing in order to create the culture that you want to do exactly or and when i achieve yeah so i think for me actually going to homewood was quite the leap right yeah. um but again it was it was a beautiful space and um you know we've been able to really build a, a space that our bakers can work in that's that's pretty you know yeah. that's the other yeah. thing too like you you have the, all of this sort of gender issues and women and safe places but you also have this whole thing of like the sweet and savory where most pastry chefs work in basically in the back corner of a yeah. restaurant next to the dish area in the dark yeah um in between basically like you're the it's the it's the like no man's land yeah. right um and so to have a space that honors pastry as much as yeah. savory yeah. is also like a really funky thing because it just doesn't exist yeah. yeah um and it's cool that you can see it all like right yeah yeah and you know it, it banded i mean we were specifically we specifically called it a patisserie for that reason because like you know bandit bakery obviously has great alliteration and it probably would have made really good sense um <laughs> people call it bandit bakery anyway but um you know i also want to change sort of people's expectations about what a bakery is right yeah. it is not all icing and you know, sprinkles and don't get me wrong. We have pop tarts, right? Yeah. Um, people revolted, um, when we didn't. So, um, I was like, okay, 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 fine, fine. I will bring back hundreds of pop tarts. Um, not really my primary goal here, but um, if they make you happy, yeah, right. Yeah, if they make yeah. you happy. Um, and so, but to be able to have a, a space that's like seasonally driven, that yeah. pastry is just not a thing. Yeah. And so again, that is a hard part because people's expectations are cupcakes, right? right? Yeah. And sprinkles and icing and cakes and celebratory cakes yeah. and all, all those kinds yeah. of things. And so when people ask me where these things are, why don't you have cupcakes? It's kind of a hard question to answer. But again, it goes back to, it's it's sort of like, you really don't want me to answer this question. Yeah. Yeah. You, Because I want to actually spend the time and resources that we have making other things, right? Because yeah. yeah. um, time is not an infinite resource. Um, but, you know, but it's hard, right? At the end of the day, like, opening something that's new and different means that you've opened something that is new and different, yeah. right? And people don't like change um, and they have their expectations about what things are. And so you just kind of have to like grind it out every day, you know? Um, and so, you know, obviously well, Bandit opened about 10 weeks ago. Um, so we're grinding it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you open new companies, you've, you've like I said earlier you don't know what they're going to become right. so you hire in positions um thinking that it, the the business is going to be this thing and it turns out that this part of the job is much bigger than that part of the job and now you have a person in a role that doesn't fit that job yeah. right yeah. um and so again in relationships all of them professional and otherwise you find people who can pivot yeah um or you find people who can't <laughs> um and then they don't work for you. Um, and so that's, you know, I think that it's also showing my team how to pivot. Right. Yeah. And that pivoting is hard, you know, it it's, um, especially when you have expectations, 
you know, this was six, six years ago I was supposed to have a bakery, right? I was supposed <laughs> to have a brick and mortar bakery six years ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now we're here um, and we're pivoting. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember kind of serendipitously you told me that so you got the keys to the first place in Woodlawn in October, and then you got the keys to Bandit also in October. Yeah, we opened um, three days after the six-year anniversary. Yeah. So, yeah. It was like, yeah. It was, yeah, it's so crazy, right? And um, unlock another door, you yeah. know, um, thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever done, <laughs> right? Every single time we open the thing, you know, yeah. it's sort of um, – you know, I, I I find a lot of inspiration um, for, through actors um, because every role that they have is something that's new and different, right? Mm-hmm. And you could have been you you could have been an Oscar award winning actress actor in these kinds of things, and then you have a new project and it's just totally out of your realm, yeah. right? Um, and I was listening uh, to an interview one time; they were talking about they're they're talking to like a very famous like very um you know an actor with all these accolades right and it's like okay well every role that you get now is just like an easy thing and there he he says no it's actually even more terrifying every single time that I do this right because now the stakes are higher because people expect that you're going to be successful and when you're not you know, the piranhas are there, right? Yeah. Um, the piranhas are always swimming, um, waiting for failure, right? Yeah. People love success, but they love failure, I yeah. think, even more. Yeah. Um, That's why the negative re- reviews are always higher. Why <laughs> the negative reviews are always higher. Um, people are just, man, they're just waiting for it. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's such a good sort of expectation to sort of have, which is every time this happens, it's actually going to, it might be harder. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um and that has not been untrue. I have not <laughs> proven it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that actually every single time I think it gets harder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your foundation and the expectations have been raised. Right. And so you have to start from a higher place than you've ever started before. Exactly. And you have to continue and to grow. And other people's. Yeah. Expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, now, I mean, again, it's a quote unquote good problem to have but I always joke mm-hmm. around that like I'm going to have a podcast one day that is called a good problem to have yeah. um, which is all there's still problems oh, right yeah. people are like oh, oh my gosh yeah. feast and forest that line down the sidewalk I mean that is such a good problem to have no it is a problem yeah. actually yeah. right um, and it's kind of the same thing is that like success is a really great thing but then you open a thing, another thing right um, and then the expectations are just that much higher yeah. um, and so success is good, but it's also a good problem. It's a problem because, like, yeah, you're not starting from scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're starting from another place. Um, and now you really know what you've gotten yourself into, too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now, you know, when we talk about opening other things, um, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. Maybe we do or do not want to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. there are things that Victor and I really would love to see the city have, Um but yeah, I think it does. I think I think a lot of th- some things get a lot easier. Obviously, mm-hmm. like payroll gets easier yeah, and yeah. finances, like financial and bookkeeping gets easier. Like eventually you get you find the right team flow. and yeah. like you get in the flow and like you find the right people who do what you do and can support you. So that all that stuff is easy. Yeah. Um 
so that that part gets easier um but it is such a every day is such a new challenge yeah. right that you know you you just you kind of i don't know if you get used to it or not but you expect the unexpected yeah. right and so i think that i've gotten good at pivoting yeah. uh and expecting the unexpected yeah wow that's incredible. <laughs> right? It's pretty crazy. And how, I mean, funny, not funny, is that the space that I really wanted for Bandit, right? Um, <clears throat> Victor this, and I, at the beginning of the year, decided that we've opened three restaurants in four years. And, you know, we're kind of tired. Yeah. Um, and that we really need to sort of invest in the projects that we really have from a, an emotional sort of yeah. mentoring kind of way. Mm-hmm. Also become inspired again and all those sorts of things. And so we were like, we are not opening this third shop, we had a third, we have a third shop that has been percolating, you know, concept uh, that's been percolating for a while. And we were like, we are not going to open another thing in 2020. Um, guess who called last week? Oh boy. They're like, Hey, so that building, let's talk. And we're like, but no. Right. And so now it's like the opposite problem, right? Which is, all of these years we've been trying to get leases signed and they fall through and they, all these other kinds of things. And so we are the ones that have this concept that is just dying for a place. Right. And now to start 2020, we have a place that we so desperately want, but we just opened another project. Um, so who knows what happens? (laughs) Oh, not me. Clearly. (laughs) I have no idea. We'll see. We we shall see. Well, thank you for all that you've done. Yeah, oh, well, seriously. This, the additions yeah. that you've added to Birmingham are really, it's its something that the city's needed and desires. And yeah. it's just going to, I can't wait to see the future of both these projects and whatever future ones <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> might or may, or may not happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, wow. thank you guys so yeah. much. Of course. What a journey. Right. It's only been it's five. Only the start. It's, it's only, only been five, five years, years yeah. you guys. Like I don't know what that means for me. Yeah. Uh, it means great things. It means terrifying things. And um, you know, when I was when I came in here, you were asking me how things were going, and I was like, actually, it's really hard right now. Yeah. Like this is not fun. You yeah. know, this yeah. is the not fun hard part yeah. um, of opening of birthing something, right? And. Um, I know you guys don't have kids, but let me just tell you, week 10 (laughs) is not a good one, okay? Like, it's actually pretty awful. Um, And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. And literally on like three seconds later, you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Why did I do this, right? And so I'm, I'm in that moment of, this is something that I so deeply wanted, obviously for so long. But at the same time, you're like, what have I done? Right. And, and this is really hard. Right. And you're in this situation where you've got all these emotions and all these demands, just like a mother, right. Um, or you're, you've birthed anything. I mean, people who, who have any kind of life change, like you get a puppy dog, right. And you're like, Oh gosh, you're so cute. I wanted a puppy for so long. And then it poops in your bed and you're like, why, why did I do this? Right. My life was so much more simple when you were not here. But I wanted you so badly, yeah. you know, and so it's just a matter of giving yourself time to like process and to honestly yes. to mourn yeah. and to rest and know that like the dreams that you had for this thing, because I already know this up here in my mind, weren't going to turn out the way that I thought they were going right. to. 
never have. Yeah. Like yeah. what there's nothing in any of my journey that has turned out the way that I thought that it would. Um, but I've also been able to do some crazy, amazing things that I never yeah. thought that I would. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously my impact as a human and my own story is a lot bigger than it was when I sat in an office at UAB, you know, yeah. like, um, it's a lot harder for me. Um, but my, my ability to impact other people positively, you know, is so much greater. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're in that newborn phase of like, can you just go back to where you came from? You know what? This was, it was really simple to have a single restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Turns out having two babies is very hard. Um, and you, yeah, I mean, and you feel torn between the two, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. your first baby and now you have a sibling and like mm-hmm. now this, we, I sort of joke around. I mean, the essential is great and it, I'm so proud of my team over there. Um, but yeah, it's like, baby sister was born and like the other project is like, yeah. uh, hello, yeah. where, where's our, where, where's mom and dad? <laughs> um, so I, it has given our team the ability, the opportunity to, to really step up, you know, yeah. obviously, cause you can't be at two places at one time. Right. Um, but yeah, we're in that, we're in that newborn phase that is in fact not fun. Yeah. Um, and so then, I mean, I will say I have really started, I mean, even actually just today, I started reaching out to some friends of mine who've known me actually from my journey, um, kind of start to finish. I mean, like remind me why I'm doing this, yeah. right? Like help me have some perspective cause I'm in right. the trenches every day. And right now it's real scary. Yeah. You know, it's hard to see out. Yeah. It, yeah it's hard to see out. And so, um, I think that's really for me, 2020 is about, reaching out to people who can give me perspective, right. And to sort of help me, um, stay motivated. Right. And help me remember that, like, actually I had a conversation this morning with a friend of mine and and she was like, you have to remember that you chose this. Yeah. Right. And how, um, like how humbling that really is. Um, because at the end of the day I did. Right. I mean, I did this to myself. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it's going to be hard for a little while. Right. Um, and so just being able to call on those people, um, and to be able to have conversations, like honestly having this conversation, right. Helps remember sort of why, why I did this and like, you know, what, what impact Mm -hmm. I'm able to have, what impact we're all able to have with our own creativity, you know? Um, and you just don't know, it's like, I know people are watching, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of good. I mean, it's good and it's terrifying too. Cause right. it's like, but I'm hoping that like the more that I share about my own journey, um, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, yeah. as a restaurant owner, as a creative, then that hopefully will inspire other yeah. people, honestly, to, to come to terms with their own story. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, because that's what an entrepreneurial journey is all about is actually dealing with your own shit. Right. It actually has nothing to do with pastries. Right. Um, it's just like the vehicle that the universe used for me, um, to make me deal with my stuff. Um, and by dealing with it, I'm able to impact other people. Um, but no one tells you that when you sign up. (laughs) I think it's really beautiful that you like this kind of was, yeah, uh, born to help the community it was it was it was something that you wanted to do to kind of bring the community together and then it's that same community that you want to provide something for you have to fall back on for support and 
it is also the community that will judge you the harshest and love you the most. And, and it's just like very, it's like constant. And it is so important for all of us to, when we need help, when we need, you know, reminders of why we're here and why we're doing what we do to remember we're not alone in this. Right. And that, cause it feels very alone, yeah. you know, like it, you know, I often come back to like, it's lonely at the top because it actually is, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I make a joke about it. I, I really try to be good-spirited about things, but people are like, you're, you, you're such a pioneer. And I'm like, you do know that, like, pioneers died in the woods, right? Yeah. Like, I kind of, I make this joke a lot of, like, you know, the, the roads to, like, new places are paved in skeletons, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and obviously my goal is to, like, arrive um, alive yeah. uh, at the end of it, Um but yeah, I mean, you, that for me, that's where I am is being able to call out, you know, to, to my community. And, um, it's interesting as we, one of the things that I always wanted, um, who, sorry, y'all. Who, sorry. Um, one of the things that I always wanted for our restaurant was that it was a place where you could grieve and you could celebrate, right? And um, that's a special thing to be to people, um, that you create enough space for people. We kind of joke around that we should, like, put, like, you can cry here, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we have people who celebrate, like, miscarriages I mean they don't celebrate but they like they celebrate getting pregnant and then they grieve the loss like in in a matter of weeks sometimes like the same table right like um and so it's interesting for me because like I'm actually getting to do that in my act my own space right is that I get to celebrate and I get to grieve right because that was the whole point you know it had like again it has nothing to do with pastries like Mm -hmm. I love them and I'm glad we get to serve them but it's about creating space for people to like to gather around a table and like celebrate and to 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 mourn their loss you know um and that is the part of the journey that is like really cool um is that life like real fucking life happens at our tables right um and you get to know people and you become friends with people and you see what's going on in their life and um that is the that's actually for me the fun part, yeah. right? All the other stuff is actually really hard. Right. Um, but to be able to like walk around the dining room and see friends and to high five and to hug and to like be like, hey man, it's gonna be okay, right? Yeah. Um, but now for me, like in my own season, I actually get to do that in my own shop, right? Yeah. Um, and how like how ridiculously awesome that is, you yeah. know? It's beautiful. So. I, I was I was almost there. I almost made it without <laughs> crying. Almost, um, but yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's a part of you. It is just who I am. Yeah, it is, and it's a representation of you. And it's like going back to the very beginning when we were talking about art and we were talking about putting something out for the world to see and to judge. It is the most vulnerable thing, and you are not just letting them see it. You are letting them come in and experience. Like they consume it. They literally, literally consume a portion of you, just a portion of your 
your brain and your passion and the I think the best thing that you can gather from that is that it inspires and it makes them feel as loved and as joyful as all the stuff that you've put into it well that's the goal that's the why (laughs) right that is in fact the why well I think that you are well on your way Hmm. to doing that because I mean really honestly whenever I walk into either of those places and even feast back in the day like there's uh there's something a little different about walking in and it's the being greeted and being cared for in a specific manner and walking in and smelling and feeling and hearing all the things you you walk away with something a little bit more than you entered in with and i think that that is something that's really beautiful and sets you apart from a lot of other places around because you're not cookie cutter and you're not trying to be Yep. You might yeah. use a lot of them, but you're not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I might use a lot of cookie cutters, but I am definitely not one of them. Yeah. Well. Right. Everybody, go to Bandit. Yeah. Go to the Essential. Yes. Go to the ominous third place. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some third place that's not happening. Uh, yeah, Bandit. Um, I've got. I do have a little project on in the works um, yeah. for Bandit, and we are renovating a vintage camper. Nice. Yes, so Bandit will be on the road. Um, cool. It's it actually is a dream project. I've, I have literally wanted a camper for like for as long as I can remember. So yeah. um, we will be at the farmers market. Actually, um, kind of a full circle return. Nice. Um, a lot's happened yeah. um, <laughs> since my tiny little booth on 29th Street, but um, I um, will be back at the farmers market. So very cool. That's pretty so exciting. pretty excited about that. Um, Spring. In the spring, yeah. Cool. So the outdoor market starts. So yeah. we'll be out there. Um, May. In May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's so, awesome. yep. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank oh, you well, so thank much. You. Really Thanks so much, it. you guys. Yeah. Bye. 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 This is a mistake. My general formula for my students is follow your bliss. I mean, find where it is and don't be afraid to, to follow it. Can my bliss be my life? Well, love or my life's work? Is life. it my work or my life? Well, if the work that you're doing is the work that you chose to do because you were enjoying it, that's it. But if you think, oh gee, I couldn't do that, you know, that's your dragon blocking you in. Oh no, I couldn't be a writer. Oh no, I couldn't do what so-and-so is doing. Unlike the classical heroes, we're not going on our journey to save the world, but to save ourselves. And in doing that, you save the world. I mean, you do. The influence of a vital person vitalizes. There's no doubt about it. The world is a wasteland. People have the notion of saving the world by shifting it around and changing the rules and so forth. And no, any world is a living world if it's alive. And the thing is to bring it to life. And the way to bring it to life is to find in your own case where your life is and be alive yourself, it seems to me. The power of the teacher is it? To, to bring vitality to others, to make others see the vitality in them. Children. Well, it happens. That's one of the delights of teaching. I mean, when you're not teaching in order to have an easy job, but because you, you really have something to teach and you love young people and you want to give what you've got the found to them. And to see them come alive is, is the reward of teaching. Can my bliss be my life?
Can my bliss be my life? Well, if the work that you're doing is the work that you chose to do because you are enjoying it, that's it. But if you think, oh, gee, I couldn't do that, you know, that's your dragon that's locking you in. It's a